Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Jay, how do I sound this morning, this Monday, January 10th? Am I all right? Am I, am I, am I, you sound am I, great. Am I clear to get excited for the show, man? Am I clear? It's been three days. Am I clear? Good morning, good people. Yes, it's sir. Wake up with Ray G. Y'all know who it is, man. Your boy Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. I am joined as always by my partner in crime, Jay Rich. What's happening, Jay? What's going on, people? What's going on? Happy to see a lot of our patrons here. You know, some of them actually participated in the mock draft we're going to be reviewing today. So excited for the show. Three days off, bunch of new graphics. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good, good show. show. I'm excited for it. Lots of good stuff yesterday, too. Surprisingly, Man, week 18 did not disappoint. Bro, football is awesome. Like, in the week that it was supposed to be the backup bowl, it started off with a bunch of backups. The Cowboys-Eagles game, a bunch of backups. Um, you know, even though the Broncos rolled out their starters, they play like a bunch of backups. The, the football is just great, man. I mean, the I, I can't. I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment, but the game last night that kept me up to 11:30, one of the best football games I've seen in a long time. Um, so many different narrative storylines. How great is Justin Herbert? How resilient are the Raiders? Somehow they just keep ticking. They keep ticking. They keep finding ways to win. How damn good is Daniel Carlson, the kicker? He's been amazing all season long. But you know, just just watching, and it was. I don't know about you. But didn't it feel so good not to have to worry about setting a lineup? Are you going to make the champion? Are you going to win your championship, Matt? Like, to just watch football. Like, I didn't care who was in the game. I just wanted to see players play. Yeah. You know, it, I wasn't worried about fantasy. It just felt good to watch football without all the fantasy shit, man. Yeah, man. Like, I wasn't looking for rotations. I wasn't counting snaps. I wasn't counting targets. It was just, oh, the Colts lost. Well, there goes Carson oh Wentz gosh. again, but um, great weekend of football, man. I was really excited watching all these games, uh, but last night, like you said, you say 1130, it was like 1 a.m. I think when I finally got to bed, uh, just it was the game that never ended that we all prayed would be a tie that ultimately did not end that way, but it was an amazing football game. It was. I remember there was, um, I think it was Ian Hardis tweeted out uh, rigged was trending on Twitter because oh, everyone gosh. was like, the how game. could this possibly happen? Yeah. Right. It was just the game was, it was a game that would never end despite all those fourth downs, everything going on, but super exciting game overall well, and a really good weekend of football. Well, check it out, man. Um, we got some good stuff cooking um, over here at the YouTube channel later this week on Wednesday. To be exact, we told you guys last week, but we are going to have the live Hump Day Q&A show uh, January 12th. So make sure uh, you go to the underscore at Wake Up TV 
uh, Twitter account, submit some DMs, any questions that you want answered, whether it has to do with, uh, you know, upcoming rookie class, uh, who to sell low on, buy high on, any of that stuff regards to fantasy. Um, if you have some questions about this weekend slate of games and any prop bets we like, make sure you go over there and submit those questions. We'll be taking some questions live as well on the show, but go to the go to the Twitter channel, go to the Twitter handle, submit some questions so we can get y'all featured uh, on the show and really dive into the topics that you all want. Um, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, I'm into the podcast. Make sure you do that. We got a bunch of dope content over there. Uh, off the line fantasy football, newest show, 4D Chess, Dynasty P- Football Podcast. If you like strategy and all types of shit like that, that is the show for you. And then we saw the high school All American game with all the new incoming talent for this college football season. Make sure you tap into Elite Seekers with Ben Eby. But Jay's got some news to get into. Uh, we got a national championship game tonight, and of course, we are going to go to uh, through the first round of a super flex 2022 rookie draft this is 5.0 we're doing a mock per week from now all the way up to the nfl draft over there patreon.com forward slash prospect talk but we'll do all of that right after we get into the morning run baby wake up this is the morning run all right jay all you i'm going away i need to drink my coffee you got it So in spite of what was a very memorable game last night, the biggest game of the weekend by far was the Indianapolis Colts rolling over to the Trevor Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence actually looked surprisingly well. Carson Wentz didn't look like a franchise quarterback, unfortunately. Colts lost, and not only did they lose, they lost their playoff spot. Now, with that loss, that opened the door for Pittsburgh, opened the door for Baltimore. Pittsburgh ultimately beat Baltimore. As we mentioned, Las Vegas took it to the Chargers last night. Great game overall, back and forth. Herbert threw the ball, I believe, 64 times. Just absurd numbers all around. Mike Williams, 17 targets. Raiders ultimately won. They locked up their playoff spot. But the interesting part about that was that because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins, the Patriots actually fell to the sixth seed. So the Raiders are going to be playing Cincinnati um, in Cincinnati. Then the Patriots are going to have to go to Buffalo yikes that'll be an interesting matchup again hopefully it snows hopefully there's lots of wins so we get a more competitive game than we saw last time and pittsburgh's gonna be going to kansas city so that kind of locks up the afc with all that falling uh last night then as well jalen waddle broke the rookie record for yeah. receptions with i believe five he had uh against the patriots which is interesting because he only had like 27 yards but great for jalen waddle i believe he was eighth on the year in receptions and then today is Bloody Monday. We're going to see lots of coaches fired today. We'll probably see Nat, Matt Nagy go today. Vic Fangio, we saw, already got fired. There's talks of Mike Zimmer potentially getting fired. So we will touch on all of that. But today, I expect some coaches to be let go. Maybe some surprises. Maybe not. Brandon Staley, I'm sure, will keep his job, even though his little debacle with the timeouts yesterday. But, you know, there was Brandon Staley. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's They call him the analytics guru. I don't know. He's making a lot of questionable been, decisions. Listen. <laughs> It's all speculation. It's all hearsay. But at the end of the game, you see one of the Raiders players talking to Austin Eckler. And the and the theory or narrative is he told Austin Eckler, yo, we were gonna run the ball out. We were can we were we were gonna concede the tie. Then the Chargers and their analytic department decided to call a timeout. Then the Raiders were like, you know what? Y'all wanna play to win, so do we. They run another real play, get in field goal range, and you throw one of the best kickers in the NFL out there. If that were the case, man, I, I I just looked through this season, and as good as Herbert Brutal. has been, and as much as we enjoy and appreciate Brandon Staley being aggressive, like if they if they were to have kicked the field goal in one of those games and, and took the points, 
they probably wouldn't have been in this position and they would have been locked into a playoff spot. Instead, uh, they're exactly where we are right now at home. And if that narrative is true last night, it looked like Austin Eckler literally was like, damn, for real? Y'all were going to run it out? Like, yeah. that's tough, man. Again, neither here nor there will probably never. It seemed like in the postgame interviews, some of the Raiders players were hinting at that without, like, expressively saying it. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate because I would have loved to seen Justin Herbert um, get another crack at it in the playoffs because what he was doing last night – uh, just, I mean, fourth and 21, dimes, touchdowns, fourth down, ice water in his veins. It's a great game, man. And uh, we do have the Natty tonight, Alabama versus Georgia. Uh, this should be a good I actually thought about live streaming this game. I know, Jay, you know, you and I kind of talked about this, just kind of talking through this game. But that's like a three-hour commitment, and I'm not going to want to do that. But got to tap in. Bryce Young versus... Uh, Stetson Bennett and that top, top-ranked Georgia defense, N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, um, Nolan Smith. The, the defense is incredible. Offensively, for us, for fantasy football purposes, we're looking at George Pickens. We're paying attention to Brian Robinson and James Cook out of the backfield. Jamison Williams going up against this defense once again. He put up 170 on them in the SEC title game. No John Mechie in this one, so we'll probably see a little more Jaleel Billingsley, Cam Latu. Uh, but it's Bryce Young versus this defense. It's can the Georgia offense move the ball on Alabama's defense, who this isn't the same Alabama defense of the past, right? Right now, Georgia's favored in this matchup by two and a half points. So the betters are like, this is going to be a close one. This is going to be a tight one. But for us, Dynasty, we're looking ahead. NFL draft, Brian Robinson, Jamison Williams, James Cook. Can he run between the tackles? I don't think so. You know, I think he's more of a uh, of a third down receiving pass catching back. Like his skill set is really going to depend on where he falls at in the NFL draft. But we're going to see if any of those guys crack round one of our Superflex 2022 Rookie Draft 5.0. So let me just tell you, we are doing again, and, and I mean it sincerely, Jay. We're doing this shit every week. We have a rookie mock popping off. And there's some people who are asking if we can do some single quarterback stuff. I got y'all. I got y'all covered. But today in this episode, we are focusing on the super flex position and just kind of talking through these prospects. What are our early opinions, early evaluation, early scouting notes on these players? Do they make a difference? What's the cutoff point? Is is the traditional notion around what we do in dynasty leagues, right? They say in super flex, you load up on the quarterbacks, you build with the running backs. Uh, but when we're looking at this class, and a lot of people have said the 2022 class is bad. I'm here to tell you definitively, it is not a bad class. It's not a bad class. I think there are a lot of solid football players in this class. There's a lot of players who are going to make NFL rosters and perform well for their teams and help those respective teams win games. I'm not seeing the high-end elite potential talent that we saw out of 2020 and 2021. Those two classes, I've been talking about them for years. They were going to usher in an entire new wave of NFL talent changing of the guard, and we've seen that happen. The top two wide receivers in Dynasty right now are both guys from the 2020 and 2021 class, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, respectively. Uh, I don't think we have any of those guys in this class, especially at the running back position and even more so at the quarterback position, and that's why this year for me personally, I'm not going to spend months on months on months arguing about the quarterbacks because, hell, the NFL can't even get QBs right. The NFL continuously misses on these guys. So why are we focused so much attention on quarterbacks? Like, that's all we want to talk about. The NFL is horrible at scouting and evaluating them, and so are we. So let's just look at the quarterbacks, 
if they get drafted in round one, they're going to matter. And everything that I'm hearing right now, I said over under four quarterbacks in round one. Jay, I don't even know if we get three in round one. Like when it when all the dust settles, all the smoke clears, we might get two guys. And the quarterback that I have the most confidence in being the first quarterback off of the board, when I'm thinking about him as far as what he could bring to us in fantasy, I don't know, man. Like uh, QB two? No, I don't. I do not foresee any quarterback in this class being a top twelve option in fantasy football. Not one. Not one. And and I don't dislike the class. I think there are going to be some really good players to, to help our pieces operate better in fantasy football. But single-handedly, just on their own, I think we're looking at a bunch of QB2s. Uh, but we're going to take a look at this mock. We're going to go through round one and uh, just kind of talk through these guys. So this is one we did to close out the year in December. So we've completed two in the month of January. And if you want all those mocks, all the ADP data, you know where to go, Prospect Talk on Patreon. Uh, but this one was an interesting one. Jordan, you took part in this mock draft that we're going to go through right now. Um, so just be look, ch- check out the comments. Make sure we got everybody's questions. And if you see some dope shit, let me know. But let's kick it off with the 101 spot in this Superflex mock. And 101 was not a quarterback. It wasn't a wide receiver. It was a running back, but we're going to have a conversation, right? Brees Hall comes off the board at 101, the Iowa State rusher. Brees Hall, 6'1", 215 pounds, over 1,400 rushing yards this year, 20 touchdowns, 36 receptions, 302 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he was doing it since he's been 18 years old. Brees Hall, since he took over as the starting running back for Iowa State, he has been at the top of people's list for the past three seasons. We knew Brees Hall was going to be one of the top-rated running backs coming out in this 2022 class. And I think right now there's a little bit of Brees Hall fatigue. Um, I'm seeing him as low as Q, uh, as RB3. Some people have him at RB2. I, I like Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is he's the type of running back when I watch him. He's got long speed. He's got the size. We know he can catch the ball, so he's got the three-down capability. My issue, the only issue that I have right now, and it's not even with Brees Hall per se, but it's it's all the the information I'm taking in. All these mock drafts from CBS and ESPN, they got him going like in the third or fourth round right now. And I don't know if that's because uh, athletically he doesn't profile as a true game changer. Um, I, I like his game. I mean, three straight thousand yard seasons, I believe. Three straight seasons over 20 receptions, breaking out at 18 years old. And when I watch him, he runs physical and he runs tough. What are your thoughts and opinions on Brees Hall? Is he your top-rated guy? You were in this mock draft with us. What do you think about Brees at 101 in this class? I'm actually all for Brees as the top running back, although I wouldn't take him at 101. I think, especially in these mocks we're seeing, the running backs are really being propped up simply because there's only a few of them. And I think that's just bad process right now. But we'll dive into that a little bit later. Talking about Brees, I think with him, it's the clear upside at 101. Um, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. And one thing I pulled up really quickly, because it's a lazy comp. It's super easy. David Montgomery? But it's David Montgomery, right? It's it's very difficult for me to not look at him and be like, he can do the same things David Montgomery does at the NFL level. I think David Montgomery is a better tackle breaker um, than Brees Hall is. But we'll see what happens. But the other thing that I wanted to point out to you is that David Montgomery was a third-round pick. He wasn't a first- or second-round pick. I mean, we know it wasn't a first-round pick. I was pretty sure it wasn't a second-round pick. But, yeah, he was another guy, well, third-round pick. Yep. He was the Bears' so, first pick in that draft. He was the Bears' first pick um, in 2019 yeah. in the third round. Yeah, so I think 
even if, I, again, I wouldn't take him at the 101 regardless, but I think if he was a third round pick and there was a clear path to playing time, I think he's got the most upside of any running back in this draft class. If you're talking just like neutral situation, uh, I think that he can do a lot more than some of these other guys, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, or our other two kind of high end guys. So for me, I, I understand where Brees Hall is the number one running back. But I don't think he's the number one player in the class. That's my only beef with taking him 101. I think you're shooting for the absolute moon. And I think you're probably going to be let down, especially when you consider his draft capital isn't even in the first or second round right now. Not to say that he can't start out the gate, but he's got more of a hurdle to overcome than some of these other guys. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know where I land on these running backs. Like, if you're just asking me from a pure running standpoint, who do I like the most? It's Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker... Just what he can do with the ball in his hands between the tackles, I think he's the best one. Um, when you're talking about the, the total package, it's Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall. I, I, I don't know what type of that. I, I, I don't. I don't know, man. Like this is one where I'm not. I'm not as much concerned about the third round. As long as you're drafted on day two, you're going to get an opportunity. But when you start to slip into the fourth, fifth round, and I know we just saw Elijah Mitchell emerge from the sixth round and Ramondre Stevenson from the fourth. I, I just think where I am with this class is the potential top 12 players that potentially could be top 12 players at their position. I think they're all wide receivers. I think I think you've got three or four wide receivers who, if everything fires, the stars align, some of the older veterans start to slip down, you've got three or four wide receivers that can move into top 12 roles. I don't foresee a world where any of these running backs are top 12 running backs in fantasy football. None of them. Um, I could be wrong. Brees Hall at 101, I wouldn't make that decision, um, but I can't argue it. A lot of people are saying build through the running back position. I just have a little more confidence and faith in the wide receivers in this class. So at 102, we do go to the quarterback room. Uh, Matt Corral is, according to our ADP, the QB1 by consensus. But in this mock, we have the quarterback, which I believe will be the first quarterback off of the board in 2022. And that's Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh, uh, super senior, came back for this uh, second senior season and balled out. Uh, just absolutely incredible. He was in Heisman, uh, Heisman finalist. Kenny, two gloves. So we got another two-glove quarterback coming out. Um, but what I like about Kenny Pickett's game is he's accurate. He's accurate and he's mobile, right? He's not a dual-threat guy. Don't I'm not saying that. But he's also not a statue. We've seen the, the college football literally changed the rule because Kenny Pickett wanted to fake slide, have the defender pull up, boom, he runs it for a touchdown. So we've seen some explosive plays from Pickett. I think he'll be mobile enough in the NFL. We just saw Drew Locke run for two damn touchdowns. Um, but Kenny Pickett coming off of the board at 102 in a super flex league. Um, it's the quarterback position. We know the quarterback is valuable. Kenny Pickett, I do believe, is going to be the first quarterback off of the board in the NFL draft. So to come off of the board right here at 102, I can't I can't knock this one too much because following up Kenny Pickett at 103 was another quarterback, which is my quarterback one, out of Ole Miss, Matt Corral. And we all saw Matt Corral go down with the ankle injury, high ankle sprain, I believe, Jay, is what you said it was, uh, versus Baylor. I, I think he's the most... I, this is the one I have the most confidence in. If he hits, if there is going to be one that sneaks inside the top 12 one day, it would be Matt Corral because of the dual threat capability, the mobility that he has. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a redshirt junior, 3,300 yards from uh, Matt Corral this year, uh, 614 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns, Kenny Pickett, 43 
100 yards through the air, 42 touchdowns. And then he had 233 yards on the ground with five TDs. I was talking about Kenny Pickett, a little bit of uh, mobility for for the uh, signal caller. But two quarterbacks off of the board. Uh, I think a lot of league mates, a lot of leagues are going to go this route and lock up those quarterbacks because the position is so scarce. And you cannot find those guys on waivers. Uh, what, do you thought, what are your thoughts about these two coming off of the board, 102-103? I think it makes a lot of sense, honestly. When you talk about super flex, quarterback, most important position, um, I think to your point, these are the two guys that I, that I think could make the most immediate impact right away. But people need to understand that these quarterbacks are not as talented naturally, I don't think. Maybe Corral is. I, I'm curious kind of your your retort on that with the 2021 class. But um, for me, at least, they're not quite at the same level. So to see where those guys are at this season – Unless they go to a perk situation with a lot of options to throw the ball to, I don't see a lot of immediate impact. But to your point about Pickett Corral, I see a lot of upside here. And so that's where I like taking them over a Brees Hall, who I think doesn't really have the same ceiling and won't return the same value over the long term if he does hit. And that's the only reason why I do kind of, if I'm going to take a position, it will be the quarterback position in this class. Like I mentioned, these running backs are being propped up simply because there's not very many of them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you take them high, right? You still want to take the quarterbacks or you want to lean on the talent. Again, I don't blame you if you want to take quarterback because you're really shooting for that supreme value. But again, um, I would probably take Pickett first. I think he's, I think there's something to his rise. You know, you look at his rise, it's very Burrow-esque. And you hear that comparison a lot. And some people knocked Burrow for it because he didn't look good for all these seasons, but then he's breaking records. You're kind of like, what happened? Is it a fluke? I don't know if it's a fluke for Kenny Pickett. It took him a long time to figure it out. Yes, he's playing in the ACC, but if, if a team is willing to take him high in the draft, why are we going to fade that because it took him so long to get there? If, if you see it all on tape, and I think that it's a lot of it is their 67% completion percentage, Pickett could be the guy. He could be the guy that you ultimately want from this class, and I think there's a good chance of that happening, especially if he goes first amongst right. the quarterbacks. All right, let's go to 104. So we're getting a lot of comments about the quarterbacks, and, you know, there was one somebody said uh, no one thought Justin Herbert was going to be an elite talent, and he was the third quarterback taken, and you get Justin Herbert. I feel it. I mean, there's an argument both sides. I guess for me, here's where I'm at. If I take a quarterback over who just got drafted at 104 – and I end up with the QB 22. He's a, he's a mid-range quarterback, too. And one of these wide receivers that I believe have elite fantasy scoring potential hit, I would be sick. I would be absolutely sick to miss out on Traylon Burks, who came off of the board at 104, first wide receiver out of Arkansas. A lot of NFL mocks I'm seeing. He's coming off of the board as like wide receiver four in the 2022 NFL draft class. Uh, Traylon Burke, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-three pounds, eleven hundred receiving yards, eleven TDs, fourteen carries, one hundred and eleven yards at Arkansas. Just put on a clinic this year. Uh, he was clocked at twenty-two point nine miles per hour in-game speed by RA Analytics. Just comparison-wise, it's like Jonathan Taylor when he pulled away from the, well, I believe it was the Texans in that game, or, or the New England Patriots. I mean, he has legitimate, there are people who think at 225 pounds, he's going to go sub 4-4 at the NFL Combine. I think he's more of a 4-4 guy, to, to just in my opinion, but 4-4 at 223 pounds is insane. Traylon Burks has been playing on some bad Arkansas teams, um, and he's just a, he's a he's a freak of nature, an absolute monster. Five XL gloves. Uh, he's just he's a he, he is the definition of uh, just a scrappy football player because he is just a bring your lunch pail to work guy. 
from Arkansas, Warren, Arkansas. He hunts wild hogs with a knife. Um, he's got D- NLI deals with like all these hunting. Co- he's just a country ass baller. You know what I mean? Just football player. And for me, I've made the comparison for two years now. He reminds me of Josh Gordon 2.0. I know some people have said A.J. Brown. Some people have also said Andre Johnson. He reminds me of Josh Gordon. And we saw him put a more diverse skill set on display this year, doing it inside and outside. And if there's any game that you want to just look at to see can he hold up against elite NFL talent or go look at the Alabama game. When I say destroyed Alabama, destroyed him. They, they could do nothing with him. Um, now, he does play primarily in the slot, which is kind of weird to see a big guy like that be a slot receiver. But when you're talking about maximum upside, Traylon Burks has the upside to be a top eight dynasty wide receiver, no doubt in my mind. Uh, do you want to pass that up for the safe floor? Can he pick it? I don't know. I'm not here to talk value. Value Fantasy Twitter has destroyed me yesterday. I don't feel like getting verbally abused uh, on YouTube today. But if I miss out on Traylon Burks because I want to go with Kenny Two Gloves, I'm going to be, I would be sick. I personally, I would be sick. And I think there's a case to make to take him at the top of the draft. Burks comes off the board at 104, followed by the running back Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M at 105. Isaiah Spiller, another one of these big body running backs. What's interesting about this class, all these running backs are six foot and taller, 215 pounds and heavier, right? Isaiah Spiller, 6'1", 220. Uh, This junior season, right at 1,000 yards. They had a really good backfield tandem with Anaya Smith and Devon A-Chain. 25 receptions, again, three straight seasons over 20 receptions. I think he's got the most agility from all of these running backs in the class. Works with the footwork king. You see the fluidity between the tackles. He's comfortable in space. Uh, A really solid running back. To me, Jay, he profiles more like David Montgomery to me than Brees Hall. Uh, I think he's a solid back. The issue with Spiller is, is he going to get the draft capital, right? Is he going to... Is he going to be drafted high enough to matter? I like Spiller. I like Spiller a lot. Um, right now, um, in early in my film grades, he is graded out as my as my highest ranked running back so far. I have not dove into Brees Hall extensively uh, from the All-22 perspective, but right now Isaiah Spiller is my RB1 according to my film grades. Uh, I like him. I, I like Traylon Burks more. I like Burks more than Brees Hall personally. I want to build with young stud wide receivers Lock me up one one good running back, and then I just want a litany of wide receivers around me that have those boom weeks. Um, it's it's a little it's a little risky with Spiller, and we're gonna see how the pre. Some people are saying four sixes for the forty yard dash time, which isn't it's not great, not a death sentence either either because he's got great vision. If you got vision and contact balance, you got a shot in the NFL. Isaiah Spiller possesses both of those skills, uh, so I like it uh, right here at one hundred five. Now stuff gets interesting. Real interesting at 106, because we're going back to the quarterback well, and we're going with the guy who seems to be falling for a lot of people, a lot of people. Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, a former Auburn Tiger, transferred to Liberty last year, had an outstanding season. This year, it was up and down. It was like Jameis Winston, the Malik Willis experience. When Malik Willis is on and cooking, it looks beautiful. And then you go turn on the Louisiana tape, and, I mean, all he, he's running around, he's scrambling for his life, he's making bad decisions. <sighs> Listen, when you watch him, man, you can see the talent. Like, you see 
the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. Liberty, there's not a lot around him. Let's just be honest. I don't know if there's any player on that roster outside of Malik Willis that's going to be in the NFL. So the talent around him was not very good. I just, I, I think he's a guy that you definitely don't want playing year one. I, I think Malik Willis is a Trey Lance situation. Just And I have even more faith in Lance than I did Willis. Uh, I, I don't think you want Malik playing at all year one, maybe year two. Like he needs to land in a situation where you can just chill and learn for a year and a half or two. Uh, his decision-making is questionable at times. Uh, although he's a, he's a dual-threat quarterback, he's not Kyler, he's not Lamar, um, he's, not, he's not that level uh, of dynamic from the quarterback position. At 106, I don't know if I could – I don't know if I can risk my Hell early no. rookie don't draft capital on Malik Willis at 106, man. I don't think I can do it. Am I wrong? No, you you nailed it because the guy right after him is the dude I would be taking by far. Um, okay. You just want to talk about supreme upside of the wide receiver position. 107 off the board is Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. What has Garrett Wilson done other than produce with a bunch of first-round talent around him? I just could not take the unknown of Malik Willis when Garrett Wilson is standing there right in my face. Um, you talked about Traylon Burks, first wide receiver off the board. That was me. Like I took Traylon Burks first, and I would have taken Garrett Wilson if Traylon Burks was already gone because, to me, the wide receivers are the only, I don't want to say sure thing, but the closest thing to a sure thing, studs all around, high-level producers. Um, I know you talked about Isaiah Spiller, and, and to touch on him, where he's going to grade out really well is between the tackles with his footwork, and that's what I really like about him. But I'm just not taking Malik Willis over Garrett Wilson. It's just not going to happen because I don't think Malik Willis is going to get top 10, top 15 draft capital. And if he's not that, you want to take Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson is going to walk into an NFL franchise. They know he can dominate. They saw it. Um, And who is it who just got promoted? Um, Brian Hartline just got promoted at Ohio State. Brian Hartline is the guy. Yeah, he got promoted. He's the passing game coordinator at Ohio State now. He's the guy that is churning out Michael Thomas. Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, Chris Allot. Like, this is the guy that you want grooming your wide receivers. It's the reason why Ohio State gets so many wide receivers. Brian Hartline is doing amazing things. Garrett Wilson is just the next one up. But I think Garrett Wilson, of all the wide receivers who come through Ohio State recently, he's probably mo- the most prolific prospect. Can we say that about Garrett Wilson? Uh, he's the most exciting no, prospect. I, I would say Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think in, in even Garrett Wilson. Okay, he's not there Robert, yet. Not there. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, well, That's okay. fair. That's fair. So far. Since. So yeah. far, I'm thinking you got MT, Devin Smith. Um, yeah, Didn't I get think, the draft capital, though. Yeah, He's yeah, probably I think, the, I think most, Wilson, the highest yeah. rated for sure. Wilson is the best. I think up to this point, I think he's, yeah. <laughs> in recent memory, one of the best wide receiver prospects to come out of Ohio State. He played at Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas, uh, just a couple hours south of me. So he's been on the name, uh, been on the map for a long time. Um, I love Garrett Wilson. I have him as my wide receiver, too, in this class, right behind Traylon Burks. Outstanding body control. His run after the catch ability is incredible. He's a separation specialist. Um, for me, uh, one of the highest attributes that I grade when I'm doing my film, my rookie rankings for the wide receiver position, is your release, your separation. Not so much a route running, but off the line of scrimmage, can you make the defensive back misstep? Uh, you know, a false jam. Can you avoid the defensive back right off the line of scrimmage? You see Chad Ochocinco was a master at it, and Devontae Adams probably the best separation specialist off of the line of scrimmage in the NFL. Garrett Wilson has that type of upside. 
I love him, man. I, I love him. And I would be taking Garrett Wilson over Malik Willis myself. And I saw somebody say, build, you know, stud wide receivers way to go. There's so many ways the dynasty, there's no right or wrong way to do it. But when I'm looking at this class, we've got question marks about the running backs, getting the draft capital first of all, and then performing second. We've got questions about the quarterbacks. I don't think anybody, anybody in the comments, all 152 of you, there's not going to be any dissension when we're talking about these wide receivers. I think we all are like, yo, these are studs. And the next wide receiver off of the board, uh, I have him as a tier one prospect in this class. I love him. I think he's a combination of Brandon Marshall and Mike Evans 2.0. Big Drizzy, Drake London out of USC. Uh, the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year this year playing, what, seven games? Uh, uh, Drake London, eight games, 88 receptions, almost 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's a contested catch monster, but he's not just that. Uh, he's really improved his route running from his freshman season. He produced early, playing in an offense with Amon Ross St. Brown and Michael Pittman Jr., and Tyler Vaughn's for that matter. So we saw Drake London get opportunity as a freshman. We saw him increase that opportunity as a sophomore. And then this year, in his junior season, he decided to leave basketball alone because he played on the USC basketball team, which I like that background in his game as well, and say, I'm focusing full-time on the wide receiver position. And every mock that I've been reading, I, I saw one that was a little... Had him going top five. Now, I ain't going that far. I'm not <laughs> I'm not suggesting he should be a top five pick in the NFL draft. But Drake London, uh, I will bet the mortgage he's a first-round pick, um, and he's got the size at 6'5", 210 pounds, to be a true difference maker on the outside, a true alpha wide receiver, target monster. Literally, he was the only player, the only player offensively on USC that defense is prepared for, and they could not stop him. Just unstoppable. I think he's the best wide receiver prospect to come out of SoCal since Marquise Lee. And Marquise Lee, I know it didn't work out full-time in the NFL, but he was a damn dog coming out of USC, a second-round pick for the Jaguars. So, big drizzy coming off the board at 108. And then at 109, we dive back into the running back pool. And we go Kenneth Walker, who exploded on the scene this year. Uh, just a phenomenal season transferring from Wake Forest. Kenneth Walker, over 1,600 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns on the ground. And then he chipped in 13 catches for 89 yards. That really wasn't what they asked him to do uh, in Mel Tucker's offense. His, his job was to carry the rock, tote the ball. And I don't think there was any running back better in the country than Kenneth Walker doing that this season. Now, Walker, a little bit smaller than the other two running backs, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. He's listed at 5'10", I think 210 pounds, so good comp good compact frame from Kenneth Walker. I think the question marks around him are going to be, can he catch passes? And I'll just say this, we had those same question marks, or some people, we, I, not me, but some people were questioning Jonathan Taylor's ability to catch the ball at the NFL level, and we see when the Colts actually decide to throw it to him, it's an it's a very good play. It's a good strategy to throw the ball to Jonathan Taylor. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. I want Kenneth Walker. If you're telling me Brees Hall at 101, Isaiah Spiller at 105, or Kenneth Walker at 109, I will take Kenneth Walker. I will gladly trade you my 101, move down to the 1-9 spot, pick up an additional pick in 2023, and take Kenneth Walker and smile. Because I think... Just like we talked about Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback off of the board, Jay, I think there's a very good chance the first running back off of the board in 2022 is Kenneth Walker. And once the props open up to see who's the first player drafted here, how many running backs go there, 
If there's a prop for the first running back drafted for me, it's going to be Kenneth Walker. I think he's the best pure running back in this class. Just dynamic what he did this season. And he was good at Wake Forest as well. But he just got an opportunity to take his talents to a higher level, to put it on wax, more nationally televised games. He was incredible. And that Michigan defense that stifled Ohio State, Kenneth Walker ripped him to shreds um, in that matchup. So I'm a big fan of Kenneth Walker, big fan of Drake London. And I am really, really starting to rise on this wide receiver who we're going to see tonight. So make sure you're paying attention. Jamison Williams, transfer out of Ohio State. Uh, should have won the Bolitnikoff Award, in my opinion, out of Alabama. But they just have too many every single year. Fastest player at the position in this class. I, I think there's a chance J-Mo goes 4-2-8, 4-2-9, at the combine. I- I'm-, I'm not joking. If you just want a play. A play, and Jay, I don't know if you've seen this play, but you can look it up while I'm talking here. The play versus Georgia where he catches a deep dig route over the middle of the field and accelerates into like ninth gear past the Georgia defense, making them look like kids. J-Mo has has a ninth, tenth, eleventh gear. I think he's faster than Jalen Waddle, like acceleration speed. He's long at six foot one, 190 pounds. Um, he's physical, he's tough. We saw him playing on punt coverage team. Not my, not what I would have him doing, but Nick Saban is the GOAT for a reason. Uh, Jamison Williams, very physical, can run a complete route tree. I think, and again, we're look at the players we're getting here at the back of the first round. If you ask me, Ray, who's the first wide receiver off of the board in the NFL draft? What player is going to get picked first at that position? I think it's Jamison Williams. And if he has another big yeah. game tonight versus Georgia, I think J-Mo is the wide receiver one off of the board for the NFL draft, which is going to move his ADP up as well. I know I kind of talked about three players. What are your thoughts on Drizzy Drake, Kenneth Walker, Jamison Williams before we round out the first? Uh, I think you're right. You know, Jamison Williams, when you talk about the ability, 20 yards per reception, that is not something you just scoff no. at. The dude is a legitimate blazer. And that's what's going to vault him up these drafts. Uh, Drake London, we'll see. I'm curious what his how his recovery is going. You know, he broke his ankle at the uh, end of October. So we'll see if he can do the combine, if he can do the pro day stuff. I, I don't know exactly what the recovery is for a fractured ankle or how severe it was. Um, but chances are he's, he may be limited or not be able to practice at all for those workouts. And I think that's going to hurt him just a little bit. You know, what he did was spectacular. Um, I love his film. I want to see it more because, again, that transition from going to basketball, football player to full-time football clearly worked out in his favor right and you see it in his footwork especially his footwork is really good and that comes from being a basketball player but i think jmo has just some of the highest upside we've seen some of these wide receivers and the biggest thing for me is like the nfl is going away from these big body guys a guy like jameson williams a guy like Devontae smith we just saw break the eagles rookie record for receiving yards these guys can thrive in the nfl and and we saw even i say to talk about that dig route it reminded me of jamar chase against the chiefs Jamar Chase yeah. catches a slant, yes. and he's got a yes. he's got a second year, yes. a third year, a fourth year, and yes. he's still pulling away from defenders. And you're like, yep. "Oh my god! Like, h- how is this even possible? This Good is call. this is in the NFL. Like, it, yep. it shouldn't happen." But it reminded me of that play, yeah. right? What we just saw with Jamar Chase, and that's the type of home home run speed that JMO has. And I'm really excited to see him today. Like you mentioned, he went off for 170 and two against Georgia tonight. Ah, uh, I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do to contain them. Cincinnati did an amazing job against JMO. They really held him in check. I don't think Georgia's going to be so lucky this time around. We'll see. Um, but like you mentioned, yeah, playing on punt coverage, getting suspended for half a game, insane. Jay, that but was a J-Mo really a good supreme talent. That was a really good play. It was the Jamar Chase play versus uh, versus the yeah, Chiefs, against, where he caught City. that and just pulled away. 
and just pulled away. Like, uh, he, he's he's good, man. He's good. And a lot of people are like, um, why didn't it work out at Ohio State? It's a great question. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I, what I do know is that these new transfer rules at the NCAA are allowing some of these supremely talented players to get an opportunity to shine. And if the NFL says he's a first-round pick, I, I think this he's a, he's a much different player than Henry Ruggs. Much different. I've seen him do more things. Yeah. Henry Ruggs was never asked to be the guy ever at Alabama. He was always, it was Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Henry Ruggs smattered in there along with Najee Harris and all the running backs. I mean, when you look at Alabama offensively, John Mechie, out. I like what what um, Ja'Cory Brooks can become. I like what JoJo Earl can become, but it's really J-Mo. That's it. He he makes that offense go along with Bryce Young, so excited to see him. Um, really, I, I, I'm not going Tyreek Hill. We're done. There are no more Tyreek Hills ever. I, I, I said that last year with Jalen Waddell, closest thing to Tyreek Hill since we've seen Tyreek Hill. There is no Tyreek Hill. It's done. It's over. Let's go to Deshaun Jackson next. Let's go. Let's go to the next fast, fast guy. Tyreek Hill comps done. Never again out of my mouth for the, for as long as I live. No one else will be Tyreek Hill. All right, at one eleven. Now again, you're asking me, would I rather Malik Willis at one oh six or Sam Howell at one eleven? I'm in on Sam Howell at one eleven. Uh, for a long time, Sam Howell was my QB one in the 2022 class. Matt Corral cleaned up a lot of things from his sophomore season to his junior year. And Sam Howell, a little bit of a down year passing-wise, but let's not forget he lost everybody. He lost Daomi Brown. He lost Daz Newsom. He lost uh, – he had another wide receiver. I think one of the uh, – well, Surratt played on uh, played on defense. But uh, Sam Howell lost everybody, right? All he had was Josh Downs this year, uh, a little bit of uh, the ninth-year senior and Ty Chandler at running back. And Sam Howell, I call him uh, bite-sized Josh Allen. If I told you Sam Howell, I think Sam Howell finished his, his season with more rushing yards than Malik Willis. I believe he was over 800 rushing yards this season for uh, Sam Howell. Yeah, 183 carries, 828 yards. What did Malik, Malik Willis got him? Malik had 878 yards, but he had a couple of more carries as well. Uh, Sam Howell, completion percentage was ass this year at 62.5%. Right on, a little over 3,000 uh, yards, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Um, sophomore season was incredible. And then, like you said, Jay, in the notes, four playmakers graduate on to the NFL, including Michael Carter and Javonta Williams. I still like Sam Howell a lot. And what's so interesting about this quarterback class is all of these guys are going to be in Mobile in a couple of weeks. Howell, Ritter, Willis, Pickett, Strong. Uh, Bailey Zappi, all of these guys are going to be in Mobile, everybody besides Matt Corral. Uh, so we'll get a chance to see them up close and personal, uh, see them versus their peers. And it's going to be interesting to see which quarterback starts on each side. Is it going to be Kenny Pickett, Sam Howe? Is it going to be Malik Willis? It's going to be interesting to watch them battle against one another in practices. That's where everything is going to you really be able to figure some stuff out from the practices. But I still like Sam Howe. And if you're telling me I can get Sam Howe at the 111 spot in the Superflex League, that's money, Jay. That's, that's cash money. And then at the 112 spot, rounding out round one, which take it with a grain of salt. I am just hearing there are a couple of players us in the fantasy community are much higher on than the NFL scouts, and it's early. But this player at 112 is one of the players that I'm hearing we in the fantasy community are a little higher on than the NFL, and it's the wide receiver out of Purdue, 
David Bell. David Bell, six foot two, 200 pounds, uh, has been productive every time he stepped on the field from playing with Rondell Moore, from being the guy. This season was a Bolitnikoff Award finalist, 93 receptions, almost 1,300 yards, six touchdowns. He's a wide receiver, I think, does everything incredibly well but nothing at an elite level. When I look at J-Mo, elite speed. Garrett Wilson, elite, I meant Drake London, elite size. Garrett Wilson, separation specialist. Traylon Burks, size-adjusted speed, elite. David Bell, good at everything. He's kind of like Rashad Bateman this year, just good at everything, maybe not elite at anything. We just need to see where he gets drafted. And for wide receivers, I'm a little less concerned about it. I'll be looking at his opportunity, his situation, his landing spot. I like David Bell. I like David Bell. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Traylon Burks. I love Drake London, and I love Jamison Williams. I like David Bell. Um, Here at the 112 spot, we're going to get into round two tomorrow. There may be a wide receiver I would prefer to David Bell um, in this 2022 class, but that's it. That's it. I, I think David Bell is a is a very, very good wide receiver, does everything well, even though maybe he doesn't do anything elite. What are your thoughts on Sam Howell and David Bell? I know you're a big Sam Howell fan, um, and, and you like David Bell. So how do you feel about those two coming off of the board here, 111, 112? I'm a big fan of Sam. Like, I think that he can do a lot of things well. The biggest thing that people need to understand is, like you said, his rushing production skyrocketed this season. Yeah. And does it mean anything for NFL prospects? Maybe not a whole lot because he's not going to run a ton. But again, if if he's showing the ability to run, maybe NFL teams will be willing to use him. And then he has more of a Konami code yeah. effect than maybe we realize coming out of college, right? And so that's where I'm excited to see what he could be. I think he has all the arm talent in the world. I think he's always shown that from the time he was a freshman. So I'm interested to see how these NFL teams view him. I think you've talked about it a lot. He's probably going to be a second-round pick. I doubt he falls to the third round. I think there's no, too much upside no, there. No, people yeah. make Baker comps. People make, like yep. you said, Josh Allen light comps. I think he's somewhere in the middle because he's not as accurate as Baker Mayfield was out of college, but I think that he does have a lot of arm talent in the way that Josh Allen did, and he's already been able to hone it in more so than some of these other guys. David Bell, like you mentioned, he can do everything. He, he dominated in the Big Ten, like literally dominated yeah. next to good players, next to high draft picks. When the, Purdue needed him most, in some of the most important games of the season, David Bell went off. And then in other off. games, he kind of just did whatever. So it's interesting to see him play. And I'm, I'm curious how NFL teams view him because, like you mentioned, he does a lot of things well. doesn't do anything spectacularly. He just makes plays out there for his quarterback. And he doesn't have the best quarterback throwing him the ball either, not in the best offense. No. We'll see what happens <laughs> no. with him. But they, you mentioned there's definitely some wide receivers who I think can overtake him because I just like their skill sets a little bit better. But I like David Bell at 112. I think it's a little bit safe. And I think you're limited in your upside, especially if you're a championship team and you're 112. I probably wouldn't go David Bell because I don't think there's much upside there. You're already seeing Pickens over Bell. You might see Dotson over Bell. You might see uh, Wandell Robinson over Bell. And I think those are all fair because I don't even think you mentioned it. George Pickens is playing tonight. If he puts yeah, up a good I game did, tonight, yeah. people people will remember that. <sighs> he's his no, his last showcase. You, he's another we'll one of the names. We'll talk about him tomorrow, but we'll he's see. He's another one of the names that I'm hearing NFL not as high on as, as, as we are in the fantasy community, George Pickens. So just to recap round one. Recapping round one, we got Brees Hall, 101. Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback off of the board, 102. Matt Corral, 103. First wide receiver off of the board, Traylon Burks at 104. Isaiah Spiller, 105. Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, right there at 106. Garrett Wilson and Drake London, 107, 108. 
Kenneth Walker, third running back off of the board, 109. J-Mo, Jameson Williams out of Alabama, 110. Sam Howe, 111. And David Bell rounding out the top 12. And I'm telling y'all right now, the real dissension and the real debate and some value that can be found is going to be in the second round. Because when I look at the second round, um, yeah, this... <laughs> This is uh, this is going to be interesting, and I think there's a cutoff point. I think there's a cutoff point of where the like where you actually want to be drafting in 2022, and where me personally, my advice would be if anybody wants to come up to said 2-0 whatever spot, uh, I will have no problem trading. Uh, I'll move back to 2023 if you want that mid or possibly late second round pick. But we're going to get into the round two tomorrow and then talk about some guys who did not make it, some players I think will probably move up. Uh, there's a lot of time between now and the combine, a lot of time between now and pro day. And of course, we've got over a hundred and I think eight days until the NFL draft, April 28th of uh, this year. So we got a lot of time for a lot of stuff to kind of smooth it out. So I appreciate y'all tapping in. We will get into round two tomorrow. We've got the hump day Q&A on Wednesday. Make sure you go to the, to the Twitter account, submit your questions so we can get you featured on the show really talking to those guys uh if you enjoyed the content subscribe like it we appreciate you being here and if you want access to this dope stuff patreon.com forward slash prospect talk we appreciate y'all being here start your monday off great and we'll be back tomorrow we out of this thing peace